Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Rockstar and The Nanny, the new podcast from the true crime series, New Idea Investigates. Some listeners may find some of the content in this podcast distressing. Penny had left her home in country Narrabri to start her first job as a nanny, looking after the three small children of Cole Bajant, former Aussie rock star with the band Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. Then just three days later... The tiny northwest town of Kula is in shock tonight after the brutal bashing of a young woman. 20-year-old Penny Hill was dumped and left for dead by the road outside town. Despite two inquests and multiple rewards, the killer was never caught. You believe she could have known her killer? Oh, I've about a doubt. Penny Hill, only 20 years old, had been brutally bashed and left for dead, propped like a discarded mannequin against a gatepost in country New South Wales in Coola. Almost three decades later, police are no closer to finding the person responsible for Penny's death. You never give up hope that one day somebody, you know, will come forward or someone that knows something. Some suspects have gone into hiding, some have passed on, but one has spoken out to declare his innocence. Anyone who knows me knows it's just rubbish, but Uh, Well, look, I'm here. I'm not hiding, I'm not running. You know, I tend to confront things. Penny's boyfriend, Shane Williams, only became a person of interest after two coronial inquiries failed to solve the case. Williams was almost 300 kilometres away from the murder scene at his home in Armadale, seemingly giving him the perfect alibi. But years later, police began to wonder if he had driven to be with Penny that fateful night. We believe there's sufficient information there to warrant him being a person of interest. In this episode of The Rockstar and The Nanny, we examine the evidence against Shane Williams, the boyfriend. Williams is unlike the other persons of interest in this case, as he is the only one willing to talk to the media. In a brand new interview, we will put new facts to him, facts that take him by surprise. This is new to me. That sounds, yeah... That doesn't look sound good, does it, in any way? On the afternoon of Penny's death, the young country girl was hanging around the bar of the hotel where she was now living. You know, uh, she was a lovely little thing. She very friendly. She was a really friendly little girl, you know. Beryl Regan and her husband Ken ran the Coola Valley Hotel at the time. It's just a three-minute walk from the Black Stump Motel where Penny was living. 
The Regans were friends of Penny's parents who had asked them to keep an eye on their young daughter as she began her new life in a new town. Actually, she come down a couple of times, and when she come down early, I said, "Oh, what are you doing down here, Penny?" And and she said, "Oh, I just thought I'd come down and, and see you, you know." And I said, "Oh, I thought you'd be working." And she said, "Yeah, I'm going back now." And uh, but then she did come in a couple of times. She used to pop in now and again, you know. Yeah. Penny stayed at the Bajant's home on the Friday night, but the following day she was given her own room at the motel. Beryl says an excited Penny came by to share the news. I was waving the key that she got her own room, room 14, you know, and and I just called her over and I said, oh, uh, don't go uh, telling everyone that you've got a, your own room. I'll let them think that you're still in the, in, in the uh, flat with... Um, Colin and uh, Barbara, you know, mm. and uh, she just said, "Oh, why?" And I said, "Well, you don't just don't let everyone know that that you're in a room by yourself, you know." And uh, I said, "Because you know, you don't know who's around." It was a busy weekend in Coolar with thousands of visitors in town for three major sporting events. Penny was enjoying herself, mingling with the locals, and playing darts as she drank her lemon squash. There was a lot of, um, not only locals there, there was a lot of strangers there, you know, uh, different people Mm. that we hadn't seen before. But Penny did something which did raise alarm bells for Beryl. She was asked a few in the pub for uh, money to ring a boyfriend and there was was an old um, bus driver there, Arthur Smith at the time, and he called her over and he gave her money. And uh, I said to Arthur, I said, oh... Did you give Penny some money? He said, yeah, she wanted money to ring a boyfriend. He said, no, I thought it better for me to give it to her than for to ask, you know, around. Penny had only been dating her boyfriend, Shane Williams, for a few weeks. We don't know whether she used the money to call Shane that day, but we do know Penny and Shane spoke that Sunday. It was likely the last telephone conversation she ever had. What's the last image that you have of Penny in your mind? Oh, just to be going out the door and, and saying goodbye, you know. Yeah, just said, I'll see you later. Yeah. Mm. Um, we got a big shop too with the, the next day, you know. Beryl was in the hotel when she heard the news of Penny's savage bashing. Well, I'd just come down. I Penny was out in the office and I'd just uh, opened up the hotel, like opened up the bar. And uh, then the police, of the Baldi's detectives come and uh, showed me a photo and I said, I know her. And I said, oh, yes, I do. That's little Penny Hill. What was the feeling like at the time, Beryl? I just couldn't believe it, you know. I just thought, like, you never expect anything like that to happen, do you, you know? And uh, I just couldn't imagine what the people we knew. I just couldn't imagine them do it doing anything like that, you know. Mm. But, you know, you never know, do you? The town was just uh, shocked, you know, because they're, uh, they're all uh, a lovely, like very friendly, happy uh, people, you know, and uh, they're very um, generous kind of people, you know. Uh, it was um, a big shock to everybody. Many people describe Penny Hill as a naive country girl 
but it's a description her boyfriend Shane Williams says is way off the mark. I've always disagreed with the word naive, uh, but I really can't think of another word either. She wasn't quite naive. She knew what to get about and how to get about, and if she got into a little bit of trouble, um, she knew how to ask to get out of a little, you know, like getting lost and so forth. She was... She knew to walk in and speak to somebody and take directions and get home. So naive is not a 100% correct word, but, yeah, to say green might be, yeah, that's a better word possibly. But, yeah, new to the area and just very trusting of the people around her. You know, she, she'd approach a stranger without too much hesitation. In fact, it was Penny who made the first move when they met. We were just playing pool together at uh, the local pub in, I forget the name of it now, in Tamworth, and... Uh, she basically just approached me. She was rather uh, upfront and all that and rather quick moving for me. I was just there with mates playing pool and she automatically just come and joined in. She just sort of come up to the group. She was very pleasant. Like I said, a little bit of assumative and all that sort of stuff and um, just engaged in the conversation. And yeah, things went from there. Basically, we finished the game of pool and ended up leaving together and spent the night sort of talking and chatting and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The two began dating immediately. Look, things did happen fast, but, you know, a younger age, sometimes those sort of things happen. And it's a case of enjoying life and having fun and taking things as they go, you know. And, um, yeah, we did speak about possible future terms, you know, and uh, how we sort of felt about each other, all the normal stuff, um, you know. And being young, right at this moment, back then I could say, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I loved that sort of thing. But when I look in hindsight, or maybe that was more of an infatuation side of things, but uh, there's still a great deal of care there. Producer Cherie Gibson has spent many hours talking to Shane about his movements that fateful night and his relationship with Penny. Could I ask, you know, was it a sexual relationship that you had in that short period of time? Yeah, look, I've been asked those questions before and um, that's the sort of personal side of life. So I don't really answer those questions. People can leave it to their minds the way it is. Um, so, you know, I don't, you know, it's, it's a bit like my, I'm married at the moment. I'm married now, happily married, you know, and that's not a topic I, I speak about, whether it's true or false or whether we did or whether we didn't. I, you know, people can assume that. So I don't really answer those sort of questions. And uh, uh, while I have been honest to authorities in that area and, you know, I don't really answer those sort of questions in these sort of films. I don't think that it's something people need to know, even, you know, assume right or wrong. Shane's love life to that point had been complicated, to say the least. A close friend who wishes to remain anonymous tells us Shane struggled to accept a previous relationship with a girl named Donna had come to an end. Well, yeah, Shane went through a lot of withdrawals. Donna indicated to me that he was stalking her. It's a version of events Shane takes issue with. Stalking is not correct word. It might be the word that she used at the time, but basically uh, I just knocked on one door where I knew she was and I said, oh, is she here? Got to speak to her. And I don't know if she was there or not. They didn't come to the door, but I didn't force my way through. I didn't do anything. I left and I, everything was a bit upsetting and I had a police officer talk to me that night, but nothing, nothing came of it and I left it at that. That's the only incident. I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have done it if I thought any better, but basically I just walked up to the door and just wanted to say, you know, hmm. uh, is she here? You know, can I talk to her? Couldn't even remember what I wanted to talk to her about that night now, but yeah, it was just basically the upset of an up, uh, up, uh, breaking up and so forth. But, you know, it's 18 years old. You know, 
your kids, you're trying to work something out. And like I said, I have nothing against Donna whatsoever. She had the brains and the courage behind her to call it quits. Okay, it hurt both of us. It hurt me. It hurt her. But she knew that the relationship wasn't going to work or wasn't going to go anywhere. And if it was held onto any longer, it would only make things worse. So I really admire and appreciate what she did, even though I couldn't have said it back then. But now, you know, I can see that. And, you know, good honour. You know, I respect her for that. And uh, we haven't spoken. I can't remember the last time I spoke to her. It's no time recent, that's for sure. But, you know, she's she was a great girl back then. And it, just because of what happened, big deal. Sometimes that happens. You'd knock on the door. Maybe you shouldn't have, but people would do that all the time. They'd probably knock on the door or something like that. And they'd say, go, go on, scootle off. She doesn't want to talk to you. And that's really all it is. Yeah, so mm-hmm. call it stalking is uh, would be excessive and probably a new age political correct version of it. You know, so if you want to talk in the old-fashioned terms, it's a load of crap that I was stalking. Shane only became a person of interest in the death of Penny Hill after another suspect, Barbara Bagent, claimed she'd seen a Commodore in the car park of the motel that night. Investigators later surmised the car in question could well have been a Datsun Stanza, the same type of car driven by Shane Williams. I had no idea where Cooler was, where it was located, how far away it was. Um, obviously, at that time, since then, I've made that trip several times. And, yeah, well, it turns out it, there is a possibility that that trip can be made in that time. However, I did not do make that trip at all. I was in Armadale at the time. And as I've said constantly, and I'll stick to this statement, is that I had no involvement at all with Penny Hill's death and at that period of time had never travelled to Cooler uh, at all. There yes. was no chance that someone took your car or anything like that. You, you always had your car at your parents' house. Yeah, look, the car was locked in the backyard. And we had dogs at the yard. We had a cattle dog, which are notorious things to come across uh, in the dark. Find that out the bad way. They will take your feet clean out from under you uh, on a chain or not. If people pass them, don't see them. I also had a large Kelpie German Shepherd cross. Uh, there's just no way in the world they would have got that car without the dogs going nuts. Uh, the only time that we did have a break-in at our house, once somebody stole, tried to get in, steal the fuel from it and hadn't realised that they had these dogs and... Uh, yeah, the fuel tank of my motorcycle, uh, this was previous, was off it, and the dog had broken the chain. The fuel was still in the motorcycle. The cap was off, and I reckon there would have been somebody with a piece of uh, clothing missing from their rear end. But it's Shane's treatment of those dogs and other animals that his friend says shows the other side of his personality. He has a different approach to things when it comes to animals. What was he like with animals? Well, there was no need for a dog to be that vicious. It really was such a wild, evil dog. It really was. Then I gave him a dog, and he made that dog the same. So evil. God. Did you see him hurting an animal? I did. Do you think he's capable of harming someone? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Shane has always maintained his innocence and is the only suspect who has spoken to this podcast, which could prove he has nothing to hide. If you're innocent and you've got nothing to worry about, and you really have nothing to worry about by saying anything. In fact, Shane has always said the reason he subjects himself to this kind of scrutiny is because he wants this case back in the limelight so that Penny's murder can finally be solved. You know, other people out there can make up their own mind what they think of me. To be honest, I don't really give a damn. But it's what I'm saying is speaking out loud, getting people to jog their memories, bugger mine, pardon my French, 
you know, just don't really want to go to my grave without an answer, you know. But what happened that fateful Sunday evening? Did Penny give Shane some bad news that tipped him over the edge? We know from his previous relationship he struggled letting go. But would he have driven almost 300 kilometres to confront his short-term girlfriend over something she told him? Were there any issues or any problems in the relationship with Penny? No, we got on great guns, to be honest. If there were any, we'd never even had time to talk about them or sort them out before this happened. Tell me about this last phone call you had with her the, the night that this assault happened to Penny. What, what did you talk about? What, what was said? Uh, that's very difficult to remember. I can remember the phone call. Yeah, mostly it was just a, a, what I thought was the typical call. It seems to be, you know, just talking about a job. Um, yeah, and, and how she went down to the club there one night and, you know, because you're in a small country town, you can't sit in a motel room all day. Did she confide in you at all in any of these phone calls that she met any strange people or any funny people? Did she mention any characters at all in these conversations to you? Uh, no, not not really. Though I do wish I paid more attention to the phone call this state, but, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, so to speak, and I wasn't able to. Uh, I feel like if I asked her a few questions, then maybe I would have a bit more insight. But no, she just, I think she's uh, spoke about how she met a few of the locals or met somebody here and there to play pool with. Um, did not mention any names, any specific details in that area. Um, just a general conversation. I thought, yeah, no, that looks, that's, you know, like I said, that's fine. You can't sit around by yourself in a motel room in your time that you have free mm. and, uh, you know, do nothing. You know, you really do need to get out. Yeah. In that last call, she was obviously dressed for bed. She had her boots on and a jumper and track pants. She was obviously going back to her room. How was that last call ended? How did you, that was your final goodbye? Yeah, look, I would never have realised that. But yeah, it was just basically a typical phone call. And I can't remember all the things that we spoke about, but nothing seemed too, too out of place, to be honest. It seemed like she just had the night free. Uh, maybe earlier went out to the club or something like that, I assume. And yeah, it, it, it was just a normal conversation, really. If Shane's account is to be believed, then there was no reason for him to drive the 300 kilometres to see Penny. And there is no actual evidence to suggest there were any problems in the relationship. Was there a part of you that wanted to be investigated so that you could have your name cleared? Well, I guess... I didn't really expect that. The first time that they accused me of it, it stunned me, uh, actually. And Whoever did this to Penny, they really meant it. She wasn't just beaten to an inch of a life. She was strangled with the jug cord out of her own motel room. I mean, that is someone with a very good intent to reach that result that they did. They really meant to hurt, didn't they? Uh, Rightio, I heard of a jug cord. I didn't. That wasn't quite put to me. I guess they assumed that that's what I thought, but that's a bit stunning, uh, shocking, that one. Um, that's terrible. In 2010, almost 20 years after Penny's death, came the discovery of a hidden compartment at the Black Stump Motel. It was literally under the bed in the room where Penny slept. Inside was a used condom and the butt of a rifle. The remarkable find led to the second inquest into Penny's murder in 2012. Shane wasn't asked to attend because at this stage, he wasn't a suspect. 
But after that second inquest returned an open finding, investigators began a mammoth operation to match the DNA found in the used condom. Forensic scientists were able to date the condom to the time when Penny was murdered. More than 200 men took part, but one person refused. Police haven't revealed his identity. But we can reveal Shane Williams gave a DNA sample not once, but twice. I've given DNA samples quite freely. They've come and taken two lots of different samples and a couple of them were a bit dubious and I questioned them. I think it was just a way to get me into the police station to talk to them, to be honest. But uh, one was a swab in the mouth and it was taken very professionally by somebody who knew what they were doing. Uh, and it come back inconclusive, which simply means that, you know, there's no match or anything. Um, yeah, so I guess if they've got no DNA or anything like that, uh, what suggests to me too that there was a bit of an error or considerable error made. The one last vital piece of evidence is a letter Penny wrote on the night she was murdered. But in a strange twist, investigators lost the letter. The only thing remaining is the envelope, which was addressed to Shane. This is new to me. Uh, yeah, that could have contained anything, even if it would have been upsetting for me, it wouldn't have mattered. It could have had something in there that very well could have just pointed the finger at the direct person, persons involved. In the next episode of The Rockstar and the Nanny, the evidence against each and every suspect in this unsolved cold case. Just who killed Penny Hill? If you have any information at all to contribute to this case, please email us, tips at pacificmags.com.au. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.